The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. As we always like to say, glad to have you along for the ride. Nathan Miller, our stalwart producer, is at the board today. Oh, this is going to be fun. You talk about tripping back into the past. Remnants of the Old West, and especially those of the Gold Rush era, survive. They survive in places like Bodie, California, often regarded as the best ghost town in America, or a place like Rhyolite, Nevada, both of which symbolize the boom and bust cycles of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Ghost towns continue to be popular with road trippers and rock hounds alike who venture off the beaten path to bear witness to the abandoned dreams of long-gone fortune seekers. Today, we step back into the golden olden days when the clarion call, Thar's gold in them hills, rang true, if only for a short while. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview and our friend Jamie Jensen right after this. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Make this spring picture perfect in Oregon's Mount Hood territory. Book a kayak tour to Willamette Falls. Make a splash on a guided whitewater trip navigating Class 3 and 4 rapids. Get into history's interactive side on the Heritage Trail. Find your favorite color on a wildflower walk. Meet baby animals on farm loops and visit vineyards on the New Wine Trail. Plan your trip today at mounthoodterritory.com slash spring. There's room to roam along the scenic byways in southeast Idaho's high country, and it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. 
You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit Idaho. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Folks, we would love it so much and appreciate you no end if you would take the 2023 Alternative Talk 1150 Listener Survey. What is it? Well, it's an annual survey of station listeners. It runs through Sunday, April 23rd, so you still have plenty of time. Sooner is better. Just go online, 1150kknw.com, and click on the image of 2023 Listener Survey. It's located near the top of the page. It's a great chance for you to let station management know about your favorite shows, your likes, and even your dislikes, and especially what you want to hear on the station going forward. Help shape the station's future by letting your voice be heard. There's a prize involved, too, but mainly we would love it if you would let us know how we're doing. Once again, the survey available, 1150kknw.com. Click the image of 2023 listener survey near the top of the page. And thanks for your participation. We have the pleasure and privilege today of talking to our good friend, Jamie Jensen. And this time we're going to visit with the ghosts ghost towns, that is, the old Wild West, particularly as regards the gold rush era. People were seeking their fortunes. Some made it, a lot didn't, and the towns ultimately, like the dreams of the populace, died. But the remnants remain, and they make fabulous destinations for road trip travel, especially for those of you who love the two-lane highways. And we know Jamie Jensen does for sure. He authored the book, which is now in its 25th anniversary edition. It's called Road Trip USA, Cross-Country Adventures on America's Two-Lane Highways. Welcome once again, Jamie Jensen. Always a pleasure, sir. Great to be back with you, Gary. Really nice to be here. We have so much fun talking about these places, a few of which I've seen many more to go with your good advice and my guide in hand. We talk uh, about ghost towns, and they're in different states, principally in the West. It's amazing how many still survive in relative states of dilapidation, but not all of them. In fact, as I was prepping for this show, Jamie, I learned that in California, the ghost town of Bodie which was taken over in 1962, is now regarded widely as the best of America's ghost towns. And I'm astonished to see how many buildings survive in what is known as arrested decay. Tell us all you know about that and take your time. Well, God, I mean, the, the nice thing about visiting Bodie is that it's it has not changed since I think it closed down around 1900 or so. And then it just was left to decay. The state took, took it over, as you say, in 62, but it had been just aging gracefully until then. But I think they had a fire and they realized it needed some help. So that arrested decay idea is that they don't, restore it they leave it as they found it but it's a fantastic spot in one of the most beautiful desolate desert high desert parts of the whole country and again as you mentioned reached by one of the loneliest two-lane roads in america that us 395 it's for people who don't know it it's east of yosemite national park so it's not so far but it's like two hours from the foot of the ride to yosemite you head east instead of west and you end up at bodie and you can have the whole place to yourself it's quite a haul to get there so you still have that experience of discovering it, which I think is part of the ghost town experience. I'm sure it is. 
you won't always be alone because, as I understand it, over 200,000 visitors go there. And man, what a trek. That's a bumpy road. And I am advised that the last three miles going into this ghost town are a real doozy. Well, in this year in particular, because it's quite high elevation, I'm sure they've got an awful lot of snow. We had 25 feet of snow out here in California, which a lot of people find hard to believe. But So that keeps it preserved as well, because it's really hard to reach. But if you're a skier, people cross-country ski to reach it, which is kind of cool. I have never done it myself, but I've heard it's quite magical. And there is a lonely ranger who hangs out there and makes sure nobody takes anything home as a souvenir. But it really is um, pretty much... Um, a one-on-one -on -one experience. I have been there a number of times and I have never seen anyone else there, but I tend to go off peak on a Tuesday in, in April or May or something like that, which is the nice time to see it. But it's significant. It was um, it was later than the original, like the California gold rush, the 49ers, all that was 1849. This was more like 1870s, I think. Bodhi was really at its peak. So it's bigger than like kind of the lonely prospector. But what it means is you get proper big mines and mine tailings and the wheelings and all the engineering that they got up to in these very lonely places. It's amazing that they could do what they did because it's so far from anywhere even today. You know, I'm so impressed that they adopted this philosophy of arrested decay because, you know, there's a qualitative difference if you're a visitor between something that has been restored, reconstructed, and there's always that that hidden temptation to put something in that will turn it into a more lucrative place to visit, but also in the process become a tourist trap. And Bodhi is not that. It isn't a tourist trap. It takes a spirit of adventure just to get there, whether you're on skis or in a car or an SUV or a motorcycle or what have you. Yeah, and what's interesting, the state of California has preserved a few of these old mining camps. There's one in the Western Sea area called Columbia, which was a proper gold rush mining camp. And that one, they've done what you fear, where they put in sarsaparilla stands and you can take <laughs> stagecoach rides and go panning for gold. And it's really fun as your first taste of the gold rush and history and any of those kind of concepts. And it's, it's also very, very pretty. And it's really fun if you've got little ones along. But then once you know a bit about it, Bodhi's kind of an acquired taste, probably, because if you go in there expecting a guided tour, you might be disappointed. But if you can use your imagination and imagine what the lives were like, and for me, often the place I start is the cemetery in these places, because you see who's buried there. People came from all over the world like they do today, but they came to California in 1850 from South America, from China, from Ireland and Cornwall. There's a lot of Cornish pasties in the Western gold mining countries. So these little traces of places where they've stayed inhabited, but the, the really nice ones, the evocative ones that are worth a big trip, like Bodie, Colorado has some pretty fantastic ghost towns too. Arizona, we, um, Nevada, Rhyolite, Nevada is another one where these places grow up, they boom based on, you know, kind of like what the fracking boom was in some parts of North Dakota. Um, and then that boom goes away and the town is left because people sometimes they take the buildings and move them to the new town, which is interesting. But all these places, you get reminders of just um, kind of how wide open the Wild West really was. Absolutely. And at times how mobile. I There's an anecdote associated with Bodhi. Apparently, a little girl was moving with her family to Bodhi. I forget from where it might have been San Francisco. And there's some dispute about what she actually said. Some people report that she said, 
good something like um goodbye great. god i'm going to bodhi well that was the other thing Isn't it was that like, it you know, yeah it was like um great god i'm going to bodhi or goodbye god i'm going to bodhi it depended <laughs> now with that you get a distinct point of view either way well, you can imagine some suburban teenager saying it in their kind of dismissive voice somehow, which I don't think is how they spoke way back when, but you never know. <laughs> they would add a like whatever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When but we talk it's, about... Oh, it's fantastic. And and of course, everything around, there's the bristlecone pine forests, which aren't too far away. If you really want to see ancient, you know, they've got these 6,000-year-old trees living yes. in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, again, it's a different sort of sense of what our lives mean, you know, if you're ever looking for that in your travel experience. But it's also super good for photographers who want to go and see these old buildings and, right, you know, when the snows melt, there'll be wildflowers. And so there's a lot of different things that these can uh, appeal to when you're out there. And and I think to keep an eye, um, you know, this is a great thing about traveling the two lane roads that we cover in Road Trip USA, is that they, are, they themselves are kind of like ghost highways connecting, you know, it's not the suburban sprawl and the same franchises everywhere you go, but these roads, you know, take you to nice old motels and then you go a little bit farther afield to get on that bumpy old gravel road and you end up at places like Bodie or Rhyolite or um, there's a place, if you remember Deadwood, famously in Colorado, it had a very popular TV show based on it and it was a proper old ghost town. And then the, somebody in wisdom decided, oh, let's open a casino and turn it into a Wild West gambling, just like the old times. And oh. Now it's like, yes, yeah, it's all kind of neon glitter gulch sort of. And it's not my idea of a good time, but it's still, you know, the, the things they preserved are really nice. And so it manages to stay alive somehow by, you know, the, the, the mixed blessing that is being a popular tourist spot. I believe you refer to Deadwood, South Dakota. Yes. Yes. And I have stayed there twice. And you can have the comforts, you know, if you want to stay at a, a chain hotel, nothing too fancy, at least not where we stayed, but suitable for our purposes. And it does, it, it brings back, it evokes the Old West with the idea that you can recreate and entertain giving people a feel for the history because they'll have a shootout on the main street there and then the trial afterward in the courthouse and it becomes this immersive experience. There you go. As long as you're not the one who gets found guilty. Yeah, that's right. Or the one being <laughs> shot there. Absolutely. Well, there's Bodie and you, you're going out of your way there because as of at least 2015, I found out that the population is officially zero, which you might have gleaned from listening to Jamie. And yet, if you're willing to travel some pretty bumpy terrain, you can get there and just see what was there in a state that is in, as they call it, arrested decay and bring a camera or at least your iPhone, and take some photos because I'm surprised at how many buildings still stand there. Yeah, and they have, like, like the shops, I think, actually have some of the merchandise that they would have carried. You know, I'm sure there's been some curation, but they've tried to keep what's there more or less. And I think some of them have been opened as museums, so there's some kind of interpretation. You get a sense of what, you know, you needed other people, I think is one thing you realize, because somebody would have to bring in your flour if you want to bake your biscuits and eat. And, and so there is, you know, there's this idea of the lonesome prospector out there. But a lot of these towns, and, and Bodhi is really great for the extreme kind of absence of people, but the, the in-between places, there's a lot of, like my favorite, if we can go a bit further, if field over into Arizona, but Bisbee, Arizona, 
is still kind of now it's it was a good it was a mining camp never completely abandoned and then evolved into fortunately for it a kind of artist community because people appreciated the beauty and the space and the time and peace and quiet and it's now really cool and it's on one of our southern pacific routes that i do outside of tombstone arizona and bisbee arizona you can do those places and then you definitely get the kind of shootout wild west culture so you can pick you pick and choose or even compare and find out which ones you really like and traveling these old two lanes and taking a road trip and seeing america and it makes it into a thematic road trip that's one of the beautiful aspects of that you're going to step back in time, drive back in time, and experience these places. And they're not all going to look the same. It's not a cookie-cutter landscape because people put their personalities and many times their fortunes into the creation of these towns. Yeah, and often they get, like, the, the person who preserved them was a kind of an odd person himself sometimes. And they sometimes, like, there's people who do metal sculptures who've taken over some of these towns. And they live by tourists coming to take pictures. And they sometimes own the town. So it's like it's actually their property. And they're the reason that you can go and visit it. So it takes all kinds to make the Wild West. But it really is kind of fascinating. I don't know if you've been to the town of Oatman on Route 66. Not yet. It's it's above um kind of kind of on the way to the Grand Canyon if you're taking the slow road there but it's another one of these towns that you know plays up its wild west history it's got burrows roaming the streets and it, there's lots of mine um these are the open pit mines which are kind of big bigger scale than some but so in these fairly desolate still places but you can you know the, from the comfort of your car you can kind of have a 2 hour experience of what it was like to rough it back in the 1860s or something and then you know get on and go find a milkshake on down the road <laughs> now you did mention rhyolite there which i believe technically is in nevada but it's close by death valley and their buildings still stand rhyolite is a ghost town now but at one time it held great promise because of what was thought to be a very rich vein of gold and one of its principal proponents and investors was charles m schwab who was with the steel industry in Pennsylvania, working under the supervision and uh, the patronage, if you will, of Andrew Carnegie, a man who was once paid a million dollars a year in the early days of the 20th century, an executive making a million dollars a year when that was real money. And so he had a lot to do with the building of Rhyolite, but it just about as soon as it peaked, it just crashed essentially it just went away but the buildings remain it's it turned out to be overvalued that was the problem yeah and the great decision for, for those of us who are alive today that when they built it they used stone because the rhyolite is a kind of really hard stone but it looks beautiful and so once you build a stone building it tends to last a lot longer than these false fronted wooden buildings that you get in places like Bodhi is almost all wood and all the wood had to be brought in because it's above timberline. I mean, it's really an inhospitable place. You know, like Death Valley, the prospectors who are out there exploring, looking for minerals, looking for gold, they had a pretty tough time of it sometimes. <laughs> and you know, the, the, there's wonderful mythologies. Your treasure of the Sierra Madre probably is the most famous one down in Mexico, but very apropos for what we're talking about of the the hardships people went through. And then the imagine you know you strike gold and you feel you've made your fortune. I think and so you probably want to protect it. I, I'm not surprised that, but a few of these people went crazy somehow. But that inventiveness and kind of going for it is a very American trait, isn't it? 
Oh, it definitely is. You want a fair shot at getting rich like the people whom you most admire. In particular, Rhyolite, I believe they still have a house that was made largely of glass bottles. Yeah, indeed. That was later than the gold mining era. I think that's when somebody came in. Now, there's a few of those bottle villages, and they make them like they actually put the different colored glass bottles in in a sort of adobe. There's there's one down near Southern California, which is another state historic park, which is Grandma Prisby's Bottle Village. So there's all kinds of wacky stuff. Once you tune your antenna to pick up on these things or get a guidebook like Road Trip USA that will point you toward them, and the state puts out all its historic markers, there's a lot of information. I've spent hours in the Gold Rush section of the local library just looking for these places on maps and then thinking, hmm, maybe that's still there. I should go check it out sometime. And some of the times you strike gold yourself when you're traveling around. and count yourself very lucky indeed what are the rules as far as you understand them jamie for people who might want to collect old intact bottles they a lot of them are blue they have this cobalt blue look and they might be old apothecary bottles for example what would be the rules typically when you go to a ghost town because i'm sure they're pretty careful about what they let people take out of these areas yeah i mean it really depends i think if somebody is has made the effort to preserve it, I think you should leave it as you find it. You know, every once in a while, you might come across a trash dump from something where they threw away their bottles and you find something. I don't think you're going to do any harm, but you know, taking apart buildings, which is what people were doing in Bodhi and trying to take, you know, bring back a souvenir of a sign from an old, you know, the general store or something like that. So I think that's when the state stepped in and said, no, no, you can't really do that. That's too far. But, you know, and they, they, what's the, what they're clever about is they say that they tell you stories of the last person who took that bottle they thought they had to have and how they were cursed forever until they brought the <laughs> bottle back and, and put it in place. So beware, I think just use your eyes and all your other senses, but not your fingers. Now that serves as a deterrent. <laughs> Indeed. In your book, and it is a wonderful guide. Oh my goodness, you should have this. It, it's thick enough to be exhaustive and worth keeping forever until the next edition. But Road Trip USA by Jamie Jensen is lushly photographed. And there's so much detail that you will be able to choose where to go on the basis of this narrative, this rolling narrative across the country. And in particular, Jamie, uh, while we still have time, I was hoping that you would tout a bit the US 395 tour where you can be in Reno, Virginia City, which is a tourist trap. I have been there. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And historic buildings are preserved there, but they appeal to the tourists in this place that is rather out of the way, but not too far from Reno. Then you head all the way south. You get to Death Valley and ultimately to Los Angeles. You regard that as one of the best driving tours in the country. Well, it's a fantastic drive. And as a SoCal boy, 395 was my access to the Sierra Nevada and the mountains. So I would, I did a lot of backpacking as a youngster and we would drive up 395. And if people don't know that what's great about 395 is that everything around it was bought by the city of Los Angeles for the water supply. So there's no houses. There's only a few towns, town like Independence, Lone Pine, you know, these really, they're kind of like ghost towns themselves, but they serve the, the passing tourist trade. But on the one side, you've got the 14,000 
foot peak of Mount Whitney. And then to the east, you've got Death Valley and another range of very tall peaks where the bristlecone live. And it's this time of year, in fact, you know, springtime, it's still kind of green and it's beautiful and it takes you to some miraculous places. And like we were talking about, Death Valley is a place that you could spend a lot of time. There's that fantastic Scotty's Castle, the remnants of some you know, mythologically rich man who built this crazy place with a pipe organ in the middle of the desert back in like the teens and 20s. And it's part of the national park now and tourable. But the whole drive, exploring the West in general, but 395 is definitely the high point. But, you know, I do the loneliest road in Road Trip USA following the Pony Express route across Nevada. There's just so much out there to go and see. And it's all just, uh, you know, a tank of gas away. That's so beautifully stated. Jamie Jensen, we just love to talk to you. The subjects, the places to visit, particularly as you have articulated them, are endless. And that's why we love having you back. We learn a lot from you and we look forward to your next visit. Always a pleasure, Gary. Great to see you. Likewise, sir. Before we close, I do want to let folks know that the coloring contest, which you can find in American Road Magazine, is still going on. Each entry will include a single image of an official coloring page, and there are age groups, so it's quite competitive. Select the cover, click on an image to view, and download a coloring page. But keep in mind, only online entries will be eligible. Go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information and to read the contest rules. Good luck, everybody, and be sure to have fun. Thank you also for tuning in today. American Road Trip Talk. We love having you join us each and every episode. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.